Sipo stands in the kitchen. Sipo is baking a pie. His sister, Sophie, is playing outside. Sophie kicks the ball. She scores, she shoots. Sipo cheers her on. Huh, that book hasn't quite been written, has it? So let's just try this again. Sophie stands in the kitchen. Sophie is baking a pie. Her brother, Sipo, is playing outside. Sipo kicks the ball, he shoots, and he scores. Sophie cheers him on. From first grade on, following through to the day we die, we are told, mostly inadvertently, to think about gender and what it means to be a girl and what it means to be a boy. From first grade on, we are handed that book, the one where Sipo kicks the ball and Sophie cheers him on. Years later, we are handed another book, which arguably comes down to pretty much the same thing. This one teaches us about Alexander the Great, Vasco da Gama, Martin Luther King. Do you remember reading any chapters about Marie Curie, Benazir Bhutto, or Wangari Matai? From first grade on, we're told how we're allowed to act based on whether we are a girl or a boy. We are told whether we are team captain and we pick the team, or whether we wait on the sideline until we are the one that is picked. We are told what we're meant to look like, and we are told what we're supposed to like. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Gender stereotyping is alive and well. Think about it. Have you ever picked up a doll for your best friend's daughter's seventh birthday? Just so you know, at that birthday party, somebody leaned over to the birthday girl, told her she was just the cutest little thing with her dark curls and her plump dimples. And at the same birthday party, somebody leaned over to her brother and said, you, you my man, you're going to be the star of the football team. Somebody actually asked him what he wants to be when he grows up. I want to show you why this is a problem, how it affects girls' learning, and how it contributes to the, to the perpetuation of gender-based violence in South Africa. I'd like to share why I think that education through sport holds an untapped source of power for girls. Why I believe that when a girl like Sophie has the opportunity to kick a ball, just like her brother Sipo does, she's more likely to stay in school and lead a healthy lifestyle, more likely to choose when and if she wants to have sex, and more likely to be a positive contributor to the South African economy and South African development on a whole. Today I want to show you how, through the experience I have gained working with girls in sport in South Africa over the past two years, I have seen a shift in gender dynamics, and I believe that that leads to a decrease in gender-based violence. Now, the truth of the matter is we all contribute to gender stereotyping, and unfortunately we are slowing education and development down. When you're holding that doll and thinking to yourself about the squeal and giggles that will follow once the birthday girl is clutching it to her chest, you're actually contributing to a massive problem that we are still facing globally, the perpetuation of gender norms. And within South Africa's largely patriarchal society, these gender norms contribute to the consistent violence. You, at the moment that you're buying that gift, you are so much more than somebody stopping by at a birthday party. You are an educator, and you have a responsibility. And your responsibility lies in encouraging an environment of choice and an environment of opportunity. Does this mean you can no longer give a girl a doll or tell her she's pretty? No, I mean, listen, if you think that that is very important, then yeah, you can. But I encourage you to think about whether that girl will grow up as strong and as confident 
as a girl whom you're complimenting on her intelligence that's holding a book, or a girl who, who you're congratulating on her save who's holding a soccer ball. Now, over the last few years, South Africa has received praise for its consistent efforts in ensuring the equal participation of girls in schools. And for this, we must congratulate the work done by politicians, communities, organizations, and not-for-profits alike. However, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but despite the rising number of girls in schools, girls are not safe at schools. One in three girls claims she is sexually harassed by fellow students or by teachers. This means that girls have a very small chance of going to school to a safe, learning, productive environment in fear of having their basic human rights violated. That's right, basic human rights. This isn't just a brush against her breast or a stare that lasts a couple of seconds too long or a misplaced compliment on her physique. This is a violation of human rights, and it is illegal. And we all know that there's a very high social cost to violence, but I've heard a bit of a mathematics theme in this conference, so let's just talk pure figures for a second. Here's an average woman in South Africa who's faced a violent situation. Statistics show that that is one in three women. According to a series of interviews held in KwaZulu-Natal, one of the stu a few studies I could find on economic costs of violence against women, this woman makes on average 3,400 rand a month. Per incidence of domestic violence, she spends 186 rand on a doctor's visit, 108 rand on medication, and an average of 45 rand going to the doctor and back. Yearly, the incidences of domestic violence cost her and her household an average of 4,875 rand. That's more than her monthly average income. I say at least because we have to take into consideration the other effects of violence, such as time spent underperforming at work or at school, time spent healing from the abuse and not even being able to go to work and school. If we assume that there are 50 and a half million people in South Africa, that brings us to 25 million women, roughly. One in three of that is 8.4 million women. Now, if we multiply 8.4 million women by an income loss of 4,875, that brings us to a grand total income loss for the South, Afri South African economy at 40 billion 900 million rand. That is more than the budget allocated towards health. It's twice as much as the budget allocated to new industrial projects and management. It's four times as much as the 10 billion rand set aside for job creation. Look, um, I respect that running a country's economy is very hard. I mean, we are witnessing it as, as I speak, unfortunately. But surely we can do much better with that money. Surely we can contribute at least some of that budget to healthy, safe spaces for the education of girls and boys. Now, what we fail to see is that the issues that, that surface in violence, such as violence taking place in schools, rise much earlier than when the actual violation is taking place. So let's take it back a few steps and, figuring out, and figure out what sport and learning has to do with any of this. Okay, Sophie, who since her seventh birthday and probably well before that has consistently received comments on her looks, has less chance to grow up with the confidence it takes to stand up against a violation if one should occur than her brother, Sipo, who grew up on the, on the football pitch has. He comes armed with a set of skills that Sophie has not even had access to. Leadership, respect, determination, sense of self, sense of pride, sense of team, the list goes on. 
These skills are invaluable when it comes to showing a young person how to feel good about themselves and their environment. These skills are invaluable for a girl like Sophie to grow into the strongest woman she can be. Level of education often correlates with violence suffered. So if Sophie has the most chance of being in a safe, productive space, she has the most chance to stand up for her rights. The good news is that education through sport is incredibly accessible, particularly education through football. The bad news is that traditional gender barriers and the way that the media represents women in sport, they are detrimental to girls' participation. Having worked with girls in sport in South Africa for the past two years, though, it really affirms my belief in the importance of sport for the development of girls and women and in turn for boys and men. And when I have chats with our girls, they're actually so funny because most of them felt that, yes, a woman can be president. Yes, a woman should play sports. And only half thought that men could do domestic tasks. So clearly, we've got some work to do when it comes to gender roles and gender stereotyping. Sport can present this equal playing ground. It presents fathers and brothers a new way to support their daughters and sisters, and it, prevents girl, it presents girls with a platform to feel the strength of their own bodies. And look, I'm definitely not saying that playing with dolls or wearing pink is a problem. As you can see, I obviously love the color myself. But what I am saying is that without choice and opportunity presented to girls, the same range of choice and opportunity we, are, we present to boys, we have no chance of reaching the full potential of 51% of the South African population. Without encouraging Sophie to kick a ball and to kick it hard and fast, we are not doing our girls justice. You might think that the development of girls and women is a feminist idea. You know what? It is. And that's a good thing. Because standing up for gender equality and believing in feminism at the end of the day results in a more balanced and safer environment for everybody, not just girls and women. Because feminism refers to equal rights and equal opportunities. By deconstructing gender norms, we unleash the potential of girls and women which has a positive effect on boys and men as well. By helping girls and boys challenge gender norms, by, for example, encouraging girls to play sports, particularly those sports that primarily reside in a male domain, such as football, you are showing her a whole new world of possibilities. For boys to grow up into gender-sensitive and nonviolent men, it is crucial that they see their girlfriends, their classmates, their sisters on an equal playing ground. We all have a right to this. You're part of the problem. In fact, we're all part of the problem. But we can start a shift in the gender dynamics that are consistently contributing to gender-based violence in South Africa. There is a way that we can challenge traditional education. We can write a new book. Think about the words that you use to describe girls and women. Try smart instead of pretty. Try asking her, what, her, what she's read, what her favorite book is, rather than who her favorite princess is. And most importantly, give her a ball and help her become the best striker on the field. Thank you.